We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Those of you that are listening to this show and myself, along with my co-host Mark Eckel, have all survived Friday the 13th. Mark, how are you? I'm good. As good as I can be with, with, with nothing, with no sports to watch. So that's another thing. Hey, listen to the Pack-A-Day podcast. If you're home, if you're not going out, if you're if there's nothing on TV to watch, listen to us. That's right. Listen, right. To, us, listen, listen to us pontificate everything we've got to say about the Packers. And there's actually, there's, there's still, as far as we know right now, so the league year has not been officially postponed or canceled, or that would be canceled. But, so the legal tampering period for the NFL is scheduled to start Monday, which is a big deal because that's when free agents can start agreeing to contracts and signing. And there's been a lot of talk about what the Packers might do. So we talked a little bit pre-show about it. I think one of the big names that's been thrown around on the free agent front is tight end, free agent tight end Austin Hooper, previously with the Atlanta Falcons. And interestingly enough, I've seen a, I've seen both sides of the argument here. So Mark, it's been a couple of weeks since we chatted. Have you have your has your stance changed on Hooper in terms of him reportedly being one of the top targets in free agency for the Packers? Well, again, we don't know who their top target is. They're not they're not going to tell us. Um, there's rumors about that, obviously. And, I, and like I said a couple weeks ago to you, the rumors come from the agents. And why not? The agents want as much hype about their client as possible. So, you know, you, you look around at teams, you say, oh, 
Green Bay needs a tight end, right? They're, they got rid of Jimmy Graham. They have a young guy, but they could probably use a veteran. Okay, I'm going to connect my client there. We'll get it out there that they want him and this team wants him, somebody else wants him. You know, and then, you know, the more interest, hence the more money. If you have three teams, four, five, six teams bidding on you, you're going to make more than if only one team wants you. So um, I like, listen, Austin Hooper would definitely be an upgrade for the Packers at tight end and would be, you know, would, would help their offense. But like other other people, uh, our our leader here, Andy Andy Herman, has, has more than pointed out that he thinks he he doesn't think Hooper is that dynamic game changing tight end, you know, like um, a Zach Ertz or, a, or oh a, right, yeah, he's not one of those kind of guys. But he's going to get that kind of money because he happens to be a free agent. So again, I've said this, I've written this for Packer Report, and I'll ask you this: if the Packers can only sign one free agent, who would you want it to be? A linebacker. Well, give me the name. They they can only sign one free agent then with the money that they have. Then they're going to resign to some other guy. Whatever they're going to do, they only have room for one name free agent. Get I mean, the they, best get the best middle linebacker that they think okay. is is the best guy. I mean, I, I I'm apt to say Corey Littleton, but okay. I I'm not I'm not totally convinced that Littleton is the best middle guy out there. I don't think it's Schobert either. Um, do you, I, I think Littleton's far and away the best. But. If it is, then sign a linebacker because the things that you ask, the reason I say that is because it's in the middle, right? So the things you ask your middle backers to do, and especially if they're going to be the green dot on defense, you asking a rookie to do that, even if they draft like Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, great. And I wouldn't be opposed to them signing a guy like Littleton and drafting one of those guys early in the draft. But rookies, they take time to learn and they take time to, to process. So to me, you've got, if, if I'm only signing one, the middle linebacker position right now, the cupboard is absolutely bare. At least at tight end, it's not great. But Sternberger is is going to give you more than he did this past season, so that's why I would say linebacker. Oh, I agree 100 with you. Littleton's a guy. If the, if there's only if they can only sign one, he's the one. He's exactly what they need. He's a three down linebacker. He can cover. Uh, I've seen clips of of him against a 49er where he's done he's done as good a job against Kittle as anybody. Has. And again, I don't want to put everything toward the 49ers, but Let's, let's be honest, that's the team, that's the only team the Packers that really handled the Packers this year. I mean, they played them twice, weren't in the game either time. I mean, so that's the team you have to have somewhat keep in mind. Um, no, he's he's the guy. He's young. Um, that's the one I want. I mean, you know, that, that if they don't get him, then, you know, maybe you go after a Schobert or um, the kid from the Bears. Um, and, again, that would be an upgrade as well. But then now that, speaking a lot, they did bring an inside linebacker in. Mm-hmm. For a visit this week, yeah, Browns linebacker Christian Kirksey was in. The Browns are changing. Obviously, they're changing their their regime over yet once again. It's the annual story every year. It's like Christmas, you know. The Browns are changing over their entire front office. So maybe some of these players are are they don't uh, you know they don't fit the what the new offense and defensive schemes want to do. So Christian Kirksey was in, met with the Packers. I think you said he also met with the Raiders, right? Yes, Raiders was his first visit. Uh, left there without a contract, obviously. Mm-hmm. Packers um, left there as well. So he, and he probably has a couple other places lined up. Now, he's a guy that he's not a bad player. He was a third-round pick out of Iowa. His problem has been, and, this, and I don't like this, is he can't stay healthy. He's only played nine games the last two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Packers have had enough. Last year was finally a healthy year for them, right? First time in, I can't remember when, where they basically stayed healthy. And they got to the NFC Championship. I mean, They've had years where, you know, half the team's on injury reserve by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or not even on injury. Like, this guy misses five games, and somebody else misses six games, and he gets healthy, and somebody else misses. Now, you know, they had 
Every team's going to have some. And they, the Packers had a couple. You know, Devontae Adams missed four, what, three or four games. Um, Raven Green was the main one, a, you know, good backup player. But they really didn't get devastated. And a lot of that is, you know, you have to look at some players just get it. If you sign Kirks and he gets hurt, you can't complain that, oh, my God, he got hurt. Well, you know he got it. He always gets hurt. Now, if, he, if he's willing to come in on a, on a you know, close to minimum kind of contract, he might be worth a look. Because, like I said, he's not a bad player. He just can't stay on the field. Yeah, I I would say that's the case with him too. And and I'm looking at the, the interesting thing about him too is he he's got the captain's patch on his jersey. So I mean, and, but now this is now he's going into the seventh year of his of his career. So I think about linebackers in terms of later in their career and a seven a seventh year linebacker. How much wear and tear is there on this guy? You know. So what are you looking to do? Because to me, if you're going to bring in a middle linebacker, if they're, especially if they're going to sign one in free agency. He's only 27. Right. Yeah, he's 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 not old. He's definitely not old. I'm just saying from a from a health perspective, like some people right. discount that and they get really frustrated when you talk about health because you know year to year things are different. And but listen, uh, I, I, my take on the whole thing is I do think that there is such a thing as injury prone. There's just some guys who get hurt more than others. There's nothing wrong with saying the truth, and that's the truth. And so there's a risk there that you already know about. And if you've got, like I said, it'd be one thing if they already had, like if it was Murray Queen going into year two and they're going to move on from Blake Martinez, sure, bring in a Kirksey to kind of stabilize the position. But they need a a guy that's going to play full time, right? Listen, if, if if they do sign Kirksey, he's not the guy. He's a guy. He's um he's more your competing for that second, third special team spot on the team. He's beating out Oren Burks. He's not beating out he's not taking Blake Martinez's job. He's taking Oren Burks's job. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Kirksey comes in here and, and the Packers say, Oh, okay, we don't have to worry about drafting a linebacker or, or signing a linebacker now. We got Christian Kirksey. No, 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 no. He's a good guy to have he's better than Goodson and Burks if if they sign him. That's that's what they're telling you. We think he's better than, than Goodson and Burks. And we've upgraded at the bottom of our, you know, the second half of our our, our roster. I think, I think that's what they're, I, I would think that's what they're, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody thinks Kirk is going to come in here and be the be the the number one guy. Well, that brings up a good point because we've talked about Burks a few times before, where he got hurt and and the the past two seasons, and did that impact him? And he hasn't gotten on the field, and his athleticism hasn't translated onto into the regular season. And so, as you look towards this draft. And you see the Packers, they've got a pick in the first three rounds. And then Burks was a fourth-round pick. Or was he a third? Was he a third? He was third. And so that just goes they, to show they, you that... They, they actually traded into the third to get him. To get him. Which, listen, draft tra- trades and draft picks are made in the moment. And I want to remind everybody as we start to move into draft season, draft picks and decisions are made in the moment. It's easy to go back and, the, and look back on what happened and criticize the hell out of a pick or a decision and say, how could they not have seen it? But it's been going on for a hundred years. You know, teams are missing on players all the time and it's very unpredictable, especially in a physical sport like football. So these early draft picks, when everyone talks about like, oh, you know, trade up, I I saw a scenario and you probably saw this too. I I saw a scenario where 
Um, somebody, and I know mock drafts are just that, they're not valid, but somebody was suggesting that the Packers put together a, you know, a super package and move up and get Isaiah Simmons, um, and the, the linebacker, and, and they basically would have to give up their first three rounds this year and round one next year to do it. Well, that would be the dumbest trade, that, that would be the dumbest trade the Packers have made since they traded for John Hadel. <laughs> Too many, it sounds great, and yeah, Simmons is going to be a great player. Is he, is he going to be a great player? I am like, yeah. he, I like I like him, but you know, again, this is uh, this this. But you're you're making the exact. You're this is exactly the point that I wanted was making was we don't know. And we, the only kind of trade like that you make is for a quarter, and even then you don't know. But at least you're getting a quarter. I'm not trading that for a a glorified linebacker, hybrid linebacker safety. My God, he's a glorified Raven Green who was undrafted. Yes. And that's the other thing too that's interesting in this in this draft is you've got a couple of now it, it, we talk about linebacker Mark but the interesting thing about linebacker and especially the way the Packers play so many sub packages on defense is would they consider instead of a linebacker if they don't want to spend the money on a Corey Littleton type guy would they consider trying to draft a bigger safety that can play that dime linebacker playing kind of that hybrid that they've wanted but that's a little bit more dynamic than a Raven Green, like Grant Delpit's name gets thrown out there. No, that's not what they need. Did you watch a 49er game? Yeah, absolutely. It was you think about 8,000 yards rushing? Mm-hmm. They need a linebacker. That, they need a linebacker, not a safety. They need somebody that – they need a linebacker. Their safeties are fine. They have two very good safeties and a third guy in Raven Green who's not bad. They don't need a safety. They need a linebacker. They need a real middle linebacker like Corey Littleton. Or Joe Sherbert. I would I would not be opposed to bringing the Badger home. The one thing that um, that I caution against when when people, when people when people say, oh, you know, draft a safety and and have them, you know, port between linebacker and safety. Okay, maybe, but oh. but not with a rookie because again, with rookies, their head is spinning when they come into camp. I mean, you can tell probably a billion stories of rookies that you saw that just like you know weren't getting it. Or, no, a lot most. The NFL, the NFL game is, is tough, and there are certain positions that to transition from college to pros are tougher. And when you're making the call on the field, right, you're the, you know, that's a lot to ask. No, that, no you're right. I, I couldn't agree more. And, like, they did it last year. I didn't like it. With, with, with Gary, they took a, a, a defensive end, and they're trying to make him a rush linebacker now. It may work out. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't have a crystal ball in front of me. But last year, Gary wasn't a, wasn't a factor at all because, again, he's a rookie who's having to do something totally different than he's ever done before. When they made that pick last year at 12, what was your first reaction? I thought he was going to be a defensive lineman. I thought I said, okay, they're they're looking to – had they already cut Mike Daniels? Uh, no, they didn't because they didn't cut Daniels until just before uh, training camp. Then that's what I thought. I, thought, I said, I guess they're getting rid of Daniels. Or so I, I remember I, I connected to Daniels. I forget if I said that's why they got rid of Daniels or they're going to get rid of Daniels. Because um, I thought they were drafting him as a, as a defensive lineman and – I forget who else was still on the board at the time. I think Brian Burns was. I, I, I didn't want him. I, I mean, I, not since I didn't want him. He, that wasn't a guy that was like, I wanted, I'd be honest with you, I wanted an inside linebacker last year. But he, the guy I wanted went, just didn't Pittsburgh trade up ahead of them and take the kid? Um, Dev, uh, yeah, Devin Bush. Yes. I, would have, I wouldn't have minded him. Or Devin Smith either. But they were both gone. If I'm Devin, not oh, Devin White. Yeah, well, and you know what? I didn't hear Devin White's name one time this season. From, with, no. with Tampa. I didn't hear his name one time. I mean, maybe because Tampa was – maybe because Jameis Winston stole all the headlines because he was throwing picks left and right. But I, I didn't hear Devin White's name at all. Devin Bush I, I did. I think yeah. he was impactful. I think he did 
you know, he did he did good things. Um, and and, and, then, and then they went and then they went out and they they got uh, you know Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins. So the Steelers, you know, on the back end of their defense, so added some good talent. Right. I mean, I did at twelve last year. I really didn't know what I didn't know what they were. And um, Gary was a name that you heard a lot about. Um, you know, very the athleticism of him. The you know he went you know coming you know out of high school. He was the number one high school player coming out when when Michigan signed him. They he was. Supposed to be the best player in the country. Uh huh. Yeah, very high rated. You know, he didn't put up big numbers at Michigan, and some people thought that you know because he got so much attention there. Um, again, I didn't love. I didn't say great pick. I didn't. I didn't kill the pick, but I was like, but I really, I didn't. I didn't think they were going to make him an outside. And then I said, oh, they're making him an outside linebacker. But then I'm thinking, but they just signed you know Smith and Smith. I, I didn't. I didn't. To this day, I don't understand it. I don't 100 percent understand the pick, other than that they must have just really, really liked them. Yeah, I think. And this is a good exercise in remembering that, you know, draft is things change and teams do what they do for specific reasons and decisions are made in a moment. So I think Brian Gutekunst really loved Rashawn Gary. There was some talk amongst the the beat writers that even if they had the ninth pick, that's who they were going to take, which I don't like that mentality because you have to be fluid and say, yeah, I'd love this guy, but hell, man, if we're picking three spots earlier and we can get this guy – you got to stay true to your board and not get locked in on one guy. Well, their board must have had Gary that high, obviously. See, I I believe this, and a lot of teams say it, but they don't do it. Like everybody says, the Packers are going to take either a wide receiver or a linebacker. That's their biggest needs, right? Right. That's right. how you get. That's how teams get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I saw the Eagles do that. Oh, yeah. for Years they would take the need. They took Kevin Allen. This is way back. This is my first, the first yeah, draft yeah, I, yeah. I ever covered was 1985. And actually, Green Bay's involved in this because the Eagles needed that their they, their offensive line was a, was terrible. Okay, and they needed they needed help on offense, and they needed a tackle more than anything. They really needed two tackles. So they had in their mind they were picking. I believe it was ninth. I think I think it was ninth. Yes, it might be ninth or tenth. But let's say ninth. And there was two tackles that they were the, the best tackle in the draft that year was Fralick out of Pitt, who wound up going like top five. The the next two were Lomas Brown and Ken Ruckers. Oh, God, kill me. Oof. Oh, brutal. And the Packers wanted – I mean, the Eagles wanted either one of them. They would have been happy with either one. They ranked them even. Whichever one was there at nine, that's who they were going to take. Mm-hmm. Draft's gone. The draft's gone. But they're both still there. At, at pick seven, they're both still there. And the Lions picked seven and took Lomas Brown. Okay. Well, the Eagles were thinking, all right, we'll, we'll get Ruckers. We like him too. The Buffalo Bills have pick eight. Bills don't need them. I mean, they're – they're looking for for a skill player. Well, the Buffalo Bills trade their pick to the Green Bay Packers, and the Green Bay Packers select Ken Rogers. Eagles now the Eagles panic. They absolutely panic. They didn't see it coming. Now, two they thought they were going to get either one of those guys, and they didn't. So now they're in a total panic, and they take Kevin Allen out of Indiana, who spent more time in jail than he did in the NFL. You know, Mark, Mark, one of the picks yeah. of the history of football. Yeah, that guess was. Who, guess what? Guess what player went right after the Eagles selected Kevin Allen? Who? Guy, a wide receiver, was it Jerry? I think it was oh Jerry. Oh, my God, Jerry Rice. Yeah, I think he, I think he did okay. I, I didn't follow his career real close, but I, I think he was pretty good, if I'm not, right? Yeah, did, he was a, wasn't he a standout receiver for the, the Raiders? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, did the Eagles need a wide receiver? No, they had Mike Quick, who was very good. Yeah. Very good. Great. Not even good. Great. Um. But can you imagine if they had Mike Quick and Jerry Rice? Oh, that would yeah. have been insane. They needed a tackle so bad that they took Kevin Allen, who's 
never played. He did, it was terrible. But he right because if, if you if you put if you because if you the, they build that defense and you've got if Jerry Rice like the Eagles the Eagles easily have at least you would think two or three more Super Bowl appearances and, and you assume a couple more titles. Well, they're they're better with I, no matter what they would have done, they would have won a lot more games with Jerry Rice than they did with Kevin Allen. Yes, exactly. Well, and, and that, that that takes me back to the the 2007 draft. That's what I heard happened with Ted Thompson and why he picked Justin Harrell. They wanted Marshawn Lynch or uh, Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis, and oh. they both were gone. But back, here's back. here's here's my question. This is what I don't understand, Mark. You're a scouting team. You're a personnel department. You've got a, you've got a board, and the draft is seven rounds. So you don't stop preparing beyond your first round pick. So if you've got your board and you've got two guys that you absolutely love and your heart gets broken and they get drafted, great. You should still have a board. Or do what I, – I forget who picked right after the Eagles. It wasn't the 49ers. They moved up to get right. Well, you take that trade that the Niners made. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The Niners would have given you whatever they gave the team picking after you to, to move up to get Rice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what the Packers should have done that year. Um, I remember Bob McGinn wrote about this a couple times. Um, they had an offer from, I'm not sure if it was Cleveland or Dallas, because Cleveland wound up getting, it was, they, the, whoever it was wanted Brady Quinn, the quarterback from Notre Dame. Well, and, Cleveland drafted him, but did someone else right, want him? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, that's what I'm, I'm not, but Cleveland traded back to get him, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they came back into one. Yeah, so they were offering the Packers whatever they offered that team to come up and get them. And it would have been a, it would have, they, they would have gotten a nice, you know, whatever it was, a second, that, a first, a next, whatever. It was a pretty good deal. And that's probably what they should have done. I mean, again, it's all 2020 hindsight. If, if Harold would have stayed healthy and had a great career, it would have been a good pick, right? But it, it, it didn't happen. And Ted Thompson was a good drafter back in his day. Sure. And, and I, I like what Brian Gutekunst does with his and his team. I trust them. But mistakes get made. And you hope that they don't have, they don't run into a panic situation. Now, here's the deal. At 30, you should not be in a panic situation no at third. At third, panic situations happen in the first twenty picks, or even earlier. Yeah. Out, outside of that, you, if you're panicking, then you suck. I, I know that's harsh language. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't panic at third. Because third, yeah. you have no idea. I mean, I'm yeah. sure, you know, they're going to go over a million scenarios, but you know, at third, you have no idea because there's going to be six trades made ahead of you. The only time you might panic at thirty is if you had no draft day indication, not a single person said a word. And you're sitting there, and Tua's on the board. Right. I mean, you know, but that's not going to happen. Well, that, that's not panic. I celebrate that. I just take them. Well, but some guys, you know, like we've said in the past, just because you're you're a GM and you got the job and you have the title doesn't mean that you're fully equipped to do the job. I, I live in the Phoenix area, so I'll just leave that comment there by itself. Um, so speaking of, I know I mentioned the, the – we were talking about the Bucks briefly with Winston and Devin White and that another name – that the Packers could look to because they obviously want to fortify their wide receiver group was Brashad Perriman. Your thoughts on Perriman? I, I like him. To me, it's going to come down to what what's the value. Yep, exactly. What, how much? I mean, how much am I paying? If, if he's willing to take what a what a good number two receiver makes, okay. I'm not paying him like a number one because he's not a number one, and I already have a number. One. So I, you know what? See, here's all right. I, see, me and you brought that up. Here's my take on. Free agent, the, the Packers, free agency, and their biggest needs are, are we said, linebacker, wide receiver, tight end, I guess, right? And if they let Belaga go, they're going to need an offensive line. Yep. They're going to need, need a tackle of the future, right? Yep. Me personally, I would 
I would sign a linebacker for all the reasons that we've gone over the last 20 minutes or so that, you know, you want a vet. I want a vet. I don't want a rookie. That defense is young enough, and especially in the back end. I want a veteran there. Make it. I don't want a rookie in the middle. No, I, I want a veteran that knows what he's doing. It's been around. I'd rather have a veteran middle linebacker. I could live with a rookie wide receiver, especially since I already have Devontae Adams. I'm not asking a rookie to come in here and be my star receiver. Actually, I'm probably going to ask my my rookie receiver just to be a slot guy because I think Alan Lazard's going to start on 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 the other end. So a rookie should be able to handle that and, and be okay. Um, I'd rather have a veteran tight end than a rookie t- tight end. Well, the other thing I think of too so would draft a young tackle because depending on what happens, they might be able to get by with a belt here. For a year, I don't know what they're going to do with right tackle if they don't sign Balaga, but um, I can live with a rookie at right tackle. Well, they might if if he's good. A couple things they could do, and then a point I want to make about receivers. It can't be Jason Spriggs. But well, yeah, that's he was supposed to be the guy. If, if he was any good, then we wouldn't. That tackle would have been crossed off the list now, right? Well, and listen, we chastise the hell out of the team for making those picks and stuff like that. But I'm telling you right now, not that it's breaking news, but. Folks, Packers fans, I just want you to know there's going to be another Jason Spriggs at some point in our future. It's just the nature of the beast, right? And, and again, for every bad case, for every bad pick, Jason Spriggs, second round, there's an Aaron Jones in the fifth round. Yeah, and, and but, you know, it's sensationalism now and today. Nobody wants to talk about the good news and feel-good stories. Everybody wants to talk about the failures and harp on it. So, but, but yeah, the team, listen, the Packers don't suck, so obviously they're doing well, something did, right. It's funny that, that you bring it up. I did I did back to back stories for Packer Report the the worst free agent Packers worst free agent signings of all time and their best free agent signing Joe Thomas Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas the defensive lineman I think Mike Sherman did that Johnson. Joe Johnson oh Joe Johnson you're right Joe Johnson Sorry. yeah he was the worst. Um, but the but from what from the from what I gathered and it's hard to tell but I think the worst free agent signings got like ten times the readers that the the best did <laughs> isn't that crazy yeah well because as Packers fans, we know we've had recent success, so it's like, oh, okay, I can go back down memory lane and read that, and it'll be fun for me to read. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you probably it's the opposite, <laughs> just based on the history. So, okay, wide receiver, you made a really good point. You actually something popped into my head. When you're a wide receiver in college, yeah, you might do some different things in the NFL, but the route tree is the route tree. There's there's only so many things a human body can do to move around and get open, right? So when you come from the NFL or from college to the NFL, the motions that you're making and the mental what you have to do when somebody says, "Hey, I want you to run a, a you know, I want you to run a sluggo or a dig or a post," you don't have to have any NFL experience to know how to do that. But when you come into the NFL as a defensive player, for example, and you're learning a new scheme and responsibilities, that's a whole different that's a whole different ball of wax. That's why I think we're seeing receivers make a bigger impact lately in a heavy passing NFL, you know, because they they may not have a full grasp of the offense, but they at least know how to run a go. You know what I mean? And again, if the Packers didn't have a Devontae Adams, I would say, oh, okay, maybe they really need to sign. No, but they have. You're not asking whoever they sign as a wide receiver, whether they sign one, draft one, whatever they do, and they're going to do something, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to be number one. They're not getting anybody better than Devontae Adams. No, absolutely not. So you're only got to be a two. Or maybe even a th- whatever. So, I mean, I'm comfortable with that being a rookie. I really am. I don't think they need to throw the bank at a, re- at a veteran nope. receiver to come in and be the two. I think you've already made that point. I'm just solidifying it. So, to me, Robbie Anderson, like, I don't even want to entertain that idea. He's he's going to be way overpaid. Yep. I agree. 
Now, would I like him? Sure, but not at, at what he's going to get. That's why when you ask me about about Perryman, I like Perryman, but I don't know. He might get overpriced too. Or even a guy, you know, a veteran like you know Emmanuel Sanders right now is not going to give you a ton. I think they need more. He was the problem is is we get fixated on names like last year the Packers, you know, Emmanuel Sanders was on the trade block and everybody wanted the Packers to sign a wide receiver. It didn't happen. He played on the Niners. The Niners beat the Packers in the playoffs. Now this year everyone's like, "Well, go get Sanders. He's a good receiver. He played on the Niners. They almost made it. To, they went to the Super Bowl." Yeah, but what do you need? The thing I I say is what do you need that receiver to do? If you just need that receiver to come in and give you, you know, 10 quality snaps a game and maybe help some of your young guys along. Okay, if the price is right, you need a legitimate number three receiver. That guy's going to be on the field for 80% of your snaps. That's not what Emmanuel Sanders can do anymore. I don't want that. I don't want an older guy like that. Like I said, they only have so much money to spend. I want want them to spend it on a linebacker. And if there's anything left over, maybe a tight end, a more, you know, and again, not an Austin Hooper perhaps, because he's going to cost a lot, like we said. But there's, I'll tell you what. A guy that, and I know he's been a dis, he's been a big disappointment where he is, and he was and he was overpaid. But if the Bears get rid of Trey Burton, that wouldn't be a bad. Sure, absolutely. Would, he was good with the Eagles. Uh huh. He was a good number two tight end with the playing. Well, behind. listen, listen, Mark. Is anybody happy and thriving in the Bears offense right now? Good point. You can't you can't judge. You know, Allen Robinson, yeah, because he's a freaking phenomenal wide receiver. But you can't judge any of those offensive players right now. If you put them in an offense with, a, you know, a functioning machine, I'm sure a lot of them would, would play great. And Trey Burton could have ended up being a guy. I mean, the value there, I would be all for that. That's actually a – see, now you planted that seed in my head. <laughs> well, the Bears have to cut him. From what they right. Because his contract is, is ridiculous. They, they overpaid him when they signed him. They, they you know, the Eagles were – but I, and I understand. Eagles are coming off the Super Bowl. He threw the pass instead of to Philly special. And he – you know, he's a versatile guy. He can do a lot of things for him. Um, he would be a good, I think, that's, as a matter of fact, that's a guy I wanted the Packers to look at. as a, But when I saw the money he was getting, I said, no, he's not, that's crazy money. He's not that good. He's a good player. He's not a star player. And I think a Trey Burton, Jay Sternberger combination at tight end would be nice. Oh, great. Yeah, he's great. Clearly, he can throw the football, too. He can, if you wait, listen, he can, he can run it. He did all kind of stuff in college. He was, he was very versatile. Well, Teams guy too. Well, maybe to close it out here, this is kind of something I wanted to get your take on real quick because we're not, we weren't here today to talk about what everyone's been talking about for the past two or three days. I kind of want to just take a break from the hysteria of it all, but it, it kind of brings up a, a, a parallel here. So Trey Burton benefited obviously from playing in a Super Bowl and being part of an iconic moment in it, right? Sure. And it kind of made me think about. A lot of these kids right now with no sports and no college sports and the NCAA tournament is not happening. You know, and a lot of these kids were counting on this tournament to be like a flash audition, the next level. And a lot of them now aren't going to get their chance to make that Trey Burton moment. It's, it's, it does kind of put into perspective, you know, we say sports are an escape. And, you know, it's not really that important when you think about all the stuff going on in the world and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's still... Imagine, you know, these kids have put their life preparing to play professionally and finally get this close and have a chance. Some of them now aren't going to get what they would have gotten if things were different over the next six weeks. That's kind of crazy to think about. No, you're right. Not only, not just the guys that were going to, as if you're a great player, you're going to get, you're still going to get drafted. I mean, eventually the world's going to get back to normal and there's going to be NBA and there's going to be a, you know, whatever, baseball and all that. But so the great players are going to get drafted, you know. It's the the kids. Somebody's like mid major, like a UMBC beating Virginia. 
none, none of those UMBC kids that are in the NBA now, but they're going to tell their grandkids how they were the first 16 seed to ever beat a number one seed. And they're going to show them pictures and highlights and videos and everything else of that game, right? Yep. That's what you're robbing. That That's what's getting stolen. Those great upsets, you know, they, the, the, the kid from wherever that hits the last second shot to upset a team, you know, the kid from Lehigh that beats when they beat Duke or whatever, you know, the, all those moments. That's what we're losing too. All those memories, all those moments. Yeah. And it's, and the Packers closed Lambeau for two weeks. Like it's, it's, I don't know, not to get too deep into it. It's unprecedented. But as far as we know, Monday will still kick off the, the free agency for the NFL. And for those of us that are going to be missing. I don't understand why that, I don't understand why that would change because I, I don't either, but I heard people talking about. I saw some opinions like, you know, how can we do that? How can you, you know, how can you have that at a time like this? You know, with all this is, that's going on, do we really care that all of a sudden to, to find out that Tom Brady signs with the, you know, signs with the Vegas Raiders for sixty million? Yeah. I'm like, yes, we do. Some people do want to hear that. First of all, first of all, and that's, I don't want to get carried away with this, but yes, we do need it. Why do we need it? First of all, Brady signing with the Raiders or, or going back to New England or whatever he does. It's not is the coronavirus is not going to affect that in any way because Tom's not going to do it in front of in an audience of ten thousand people. He's going to be a phone call with his agent and whatever team he's signing, saying, "Okay, that's what, yeah, we're going back to New England, or we're going to Vegas, or we're going to Tennessee, wherever he decides to go." All right, and then the people who are you know panic and quarantine, it gives you something. Sports, like you said, is an escape. Well, guess what? Instead of talking about the coronavirus all day. Wow, Brady went back to New England. How about that? After all that, he went back. Or, oh my God, he left New England. He went to the Raiders. Wow. It gives something. It's a break from the, from, it's what sports is supposed to be. A break from reality. A break from bad news, you know? Now, if, and if and he leaves, it may be, it'll be bad news, but you know what I'm saying. Well, and if you want to know how important sports is to, to the world, just look at how much athletes get paid. Yeah. We're obviously very vested in having that escape if we're willing to pay the prices that allow these teams and these players to make the kind of money and the revenues that they are. So, And if the players are making that money, somebody's paying them, so they're making the owners are making a little bit of money too. A little bit, just, just a couple dollars, just a few. And that's going to be more discussion maybe next time we're back in a couple weeks. Hopefully uh, when we're back, everything's... Well, hopefully when we're back, things are a little more normalized. I think they'll still be a little, in a little bit of a shutdown mode, but... Maybe we look. Maybe the CBA has some progress, and we'll see. Maybe we'll have some something to talk about there. Or maybe we'll. Hopefully, I hope we're talking about the Packers' new middle linebacker, Corey Little. Or yeah, or somebody. That's if, it, if, it, if it does end up being, if it does end up being Joe Schobert, we can talk about how the Packers traded in one linebacker for another one who's very similar to him. You think Martinez and Schobert are too much alike? Uh, I I do. I like. Well, I would. I would definitely take Schobert over. So it's an uh, it's an it's an upgrade, but how much of an upgrade is the question? I don't know how much. I think I think um, again. I didn't see a lot of Schobert. I just you know he seems to make more plays. That's all. Mm-hmm. What's uh, anything you want to uh, you want to um, pump here at Packer Report that you're going to be working on over these next couple of weeks? Uh, just well, not I don't know about well, who knows? But we're going to try to. I was hoping to write about some free agency stuff if the Packers do stuff. I'll be doing a lot of draft stuff coming up within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll be doing a lot of. I'm, I'm, matter of fact, I'm talking to some 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 people this this weekend to get more information. So I'll be doing a lot of draft stuff. Okay, awesome. So you can follow Mark's great work over at Packer Report, and we'll be back at it here in just two weeks' time. So everybody, hang in there. It's only a couple more days until NFL free agency hits. Even though there is no sports, and right now we're not in football season, we still must 
always go pack go class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.